What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. Amron, we were gone for a little bit. We went down the shore for 4th of July, but we're here. We're ready to rock. We're locked in. And today I have a different video. We're going to talk about the truth of what really happened in the 2022 fantasy football season. What I mean by that is a guy by the name of Dan Hendry on Twitter made a really cool tool that I think would be a really cool video idea. So that's why we're talking about it today. Now, he said, in the spring, I made this tool to calculate fantasy points per game for players when they played a certain minimum number of snaps. So he has a filter here where you can look at points per game, but with a minimum of 60% of the snaps played. Because you have a lot of the time, like a rookie wide receiver early on, will get like a 20% snap share in week three. Or you'll have a guy who leaves a game early and has like a 25% snap share in week three. And what that does is that lowers their season-long per-game stats, like points per game and stuff that we care about for fantasy. And we end up kind of getting like a warped view of these players in our head. So I think before we get into the 2023 season, it's important to brush up on the players that maybe we're misremembering from 2022. So I picked out about, I think like six players that when I looked at this guy's tool stood out as players that maybe we need to look back and, you know, give their game logs a second look. So with all that being said, if you enjoy this video, if you learned something new, make sure you get down below, subscribe, leave a like, let's go. Now, the first player we're going to talk about here is Christian Watson. He's going off the board at about pick 40 on underdog. I believe that's going to be like the fourth round. So he's going like mid-fourth round as the wide receiver 20. By the way, if you are new to the channel, to underdog, make sure you're checking out underdog fantasy. They have the best best ball platform in the game. You draft your team on there. You set it, you forget it. There's no waivers. There's no trades. You draft your team. It's good to go. You use promo code RON, and they will match your deposit up to $100. I'll have a link in the description and a link at the top of the comment section down below. You click on it. It'll take you there. It'll use my promo code. It's all good stuff. They have the $7 poodle out right now, which is going to fill fast. Max 50 entries. It's literally for the beginners when it comes to underdog fantasy. It's a literally a contest for you guys. Just make sure you get in there quick because it's going to fill within the next week. Now, with that being said, let's talk about Christian Watson here, who really sticks out with this tool, right? We look at the fantasy points per game of wide receivers when they play 60% or more of the snaps in a game. Christian Watson had seven such of those games. I think I said that right. Seven of those games with 18.6 points per game. Him and 60% or more of the snaps, when he played 60% or more of the snaps, he was pacing with guys like Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, CeeDee Lamb, and that's really impressive. So what happened? And what happened with Christian Watson is I literally remember we would talk about him like every week where he would have really good peripherals, and then he would just have a random injury, right? We look here, he had like a, a hip strain, a concussion, a hamstring sprain, or a, a hamstring strain, a knee injury, like all different body parts, all not super serious, right? We only have like three missed games in this cohort of injuries, but there were a lot of weird things going on, right? Like we look at his game logs here, he was only over a 60% snap share in week one. From week one on, it was like 30%, 20%. He had a 9.5%. So these are all really bringing his points per game down when he's dealing with random injuries and he's just being a rookie who's not going to get a ton of playing time early on in his you know career. But towards the end of the year, you guys know he was an absolute monster. Right? He had eight games with 60% or more of the snaps. He had 18-plus points per game in those games. Four out of eight of those weeks, he had 20-plus points per game. Just insane. He was on an absolute heater, but he ends up as the wide receiver 32 in points per game. It doesn't look 
all that impressive, which I think is underselling him from that year. Like my year two point per game model doesn't really like Christian Watson, but it's because it's weighing in a lot of those earlier games that are tough, right? When we zoom out instead of like per game and we go per route, he was dominant. He was 12th in targets per out run. He was 13th in yards per out run. He commands volume. He's very efficient. So he's somebody that I want to bet on. Again, I think things like a year two point per game projection model is going to underweight what he did because on a per game basis, things get skewed early on in the season. But when you zoom out and you look at his year two comps, these are based on his, uh, his prospect model score in my database, his year one receiving PFF grade, his points per game, his yards per out run, his targets per out run. It's a pretty damn good list of guys who like weren't amazing prospects, but were all really good after that, right? Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Juju, Terry McLaurin, Chase Claypool. Like the only two guys on there are Juju and Claypool that you don't really want to be associated with. And Juju had a top 12 season. So he's in good company. Again, my year two point per game model doesn't love him, but I think he's somebody that you sort of just have to bet on given the upside, right? There's uncertainty there where like Jordan Love is his quarterback. Things could go wrong, but this could be this year's like Amon Ross St. Brown, where he's just like an 18 plus point per game guy you got in the fourth round. So I think that that is worth chasing after we kind of look at his game logs and contextualize, you know, those first like nine weeks where things were a little bit weird for him. After that, he was an absolute stud though. Now, the next player we're going to talk through is one that really went under my nose because I knew Christian, like everyone knows that Christian Watson had like kind of a weird year, right? As a rookie, you're not going to play a full starters uh, diet of snaps, but Keenan Allen this is one that went under my nose. In eight games with 60% or more of the snaps, he was the wide receiver seven with 18.8 points per game, just under your Stephon Diggs and Devontae Adams of the world. That's pretty impressive, right? This was the worst year of Justin Herbert's career. Like, he was not good. He was, like, outside the top eight quarterbacks in points per game. The offense wasn't really humming. And I think we kind of remember Keenan Allen is pretty meh last year, right? Like he ended up as the wide receiver 11 in points per game, which is what he does every single year and nobody really cares. But Keenan Allen, he didn't play over 60% of the snaps until week 11, right? He played 30% of the snaps in week one, then he gets hurt. He plays a little bit in week seven, still not good to go. And then from week 11 on, he was a monster. He was the wide receiver three in points per game from weeks 11 through 18. He was a beast. He was out here averaging like 18 plus points per game. And again, that was with a like hobble Justin Herbert and it wasn't like the, you know, the full offense there. So now we get a guy in Keenan Allen who has been nothing short of just like super consistent. Like you look at his stats, like he hasn't fallen under 16 points per game since 2016. You know what I mean? Like 16 points per game is going to get you into the wide receiver one conversation. And he's pretty cheap right now. He's like with the wide receiver 20 on underdog, right? Like I, I, I'm not... I got to be honest with you guys, I haven't been drafting a lot of him, but I want to draft more of him because I'm not a huge believer in Mike Williams. I, of course, love Quentin Johnston, but Keenan Allen's going to have his role in this offense as the slot point per game, like PPR guy. You have Kellen Moore coming over from the Cowboys who has had amazing offenses, high volume offenses too, where they're, you know, top 10 in like pass attempts, three of the four years Kellen Moore was in Dallas. And he just sort of centered his game plan around CeeDee Lamb this last year. And now you get Keenan Allen, another guy in the slot who can do similar things of course not as explosive after the catch and everything but get open in tight spaces just the kind of like perfect fit and it's not like he's lost a step either like he was commanding a 14th highest targets per out run he's somebody in that like you know calvin ridley area of like that three four turn that i want to start drafting more of especially because i do love me some justin herbert i think the whole chargers offense uh is good to invest in this year now our next player we'll talk about is jerry judy he's also going in the same range of like 
pick 40 wide receiver 20 off the board and he's another one of these guys last year that just had like so many bumps and bruises you know he had a a high ankle sprain or no that's in 2021 i believe but he had like a groin sprain he had a sternum and like sternum injury i don't even know what that is ankle sprain uh, another ankle sprain like just kind of dinged up in all sorts of ways which led which led him to early on in the year he would play games like you know 40 percent of the snaps and, and not really be a full participant but i think it makes you forget just how good judy was last year like the broncos were a disaster he you know had bumps and bruises all year and still he comes out here and he ends up as the wide receiver 20 in points per game with 13.6 points per game higher than metcalf Pittman, Ayuk, debo samuel marquise brown dj moore juju Cortland sutton he was really good on a Broncos offense that was literally league worst last year in scoring points. So that's wild. And then also from weeks 14 on, he was the wide receiver three in points per game. And when we look at, you know, his games where he played at least 60% of the snaps, he was the wide receiver 12, 17.1 points per game, 11 games with 60% or more of the snaps, which is a pretty big sample size, you know, just behind AJ Brown, ahead of DeAndre Hopkins, ahead of T Higgins, ahead of Chris Godwin, Waddle, Tyler Lockett, Pretty impressive because I wouldn't have even guessed that he would have been in the top 12 using this tool. And again, this was on an awful team. And on a per route basis, he was pretty good too. 24th in targets per out run, 15th in yards per out run. So being efficient in yards per out run when your passing offense is awful is really impressive. And then on top of that, he gets open. He's a great route runner. I know he didn't do so well in recession perception last year, but I think that there has to be some part of that where when you're in a bad offense and things aren't going right, it's tough to give it your all on every single route. But this is 538. They track an open score. And, I mean, I think the top 12 kind of checks out. Like These guys are all guys I would say are elite route runners, right? Maybe Devontae Adams shouldn't be at 9. He should probably be more towards the top. But I think it's a decent measure. He's one of 12 wide receivers with an 80 or better open score on 538. So he gets open in the games where he actually played last year. He was a really good fantasy wide receiver, despite being in an awful offense. Bring it to this year. I'm a little bit sad, right? When we talk about the price of Jerry Judy again, we're not getting a discount. You know, we paid fourth round price on him last year. I was thinking we were going to get like fifth, fifth round, sixth round price tag on him this year. No, the market's pretty sharp. I think in home leagues, home leagues, you might get five, six turn Jerry Judy, which I think is an absolute auto pick every time. But fourth round Judy, I'm about on market with him. But it is important to kind of remember what really happened last year for Jerry Judy. Now, I like this sort of bounce back here. You have Russell Wilson, who his entire career has been like the most efficient quarterback we've seen. You know, his efficiency numbers go toe-to-toe with guys like Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, in terms of like touchdown rate, interception rate, yards per attempt. Hopefully that bounces back. We have Sean Payton in there. Cortland Sun hasn't finished as a top 40 point per game wide receiver in like three or four years. Tim Patrick injury, KJ Hamler injury, and then Marvin Mims is a rookie. Like Jerry Judy is going to have every opportunity to lead this team in targets, be the wide receiver one, be the main beneficiary of a huge Denver Broncos offense resurgence here. So he's somebody I really like. It's just the the price is so expensive. Uh, it's tough to get super, super overweight on him. Now, the last wide receiver we're going to talk about here is one where we're really, we're really digging deep here, but it's Greg Dortch, someone you can get for absolutely free on underdog right now. And he's one of my favorite sleepers. If I have like, if you have a, we talked about this in the underdog 101 video. Again, if you haven't checked that out, make sure you check it out. I posted a video the other day, underdog 101, a beginner's guide. Any of you guys out there that, you know, are using my promo code Ron again, promo code Ron on underdog will get you your deposit matched 
up to $100. Promo code Ron, I'll have a link in the description, a link in the comment section down below. But you do that, you go there, you draft a team, you watch my video, Underdog 101, a beginner's guide. And I talk about week 17 stacks, right? Why does it matter? Whatever. I go into it in there. But let's say we go Jalen Hurts and we go uh, AJ Browns. So now we have that Eagles stack. Week 17, they play the Cardinals. If you need another wide receiver, you can run Greg Dortch's little bring back. Maybe by week 17, he's on the field. He's out there doing his thing. And, you know, he gives you a nice little, like, 15 half PPR points in week 17 and wins you millions of dollars. Now, with that aside, the reason I like Greg Dortch here is because when he played and when he was called upon last year, like, he was pretty good. For, like, for Greg Dortch, he was he was pretty damn good. Wide receiver 21 in points per game in his seven games with 60% or more of the snaps, literally between Devonta Smith and Amari Cooper, really impressive. 14.5 points per game. And, of course, those were in games where, like, Rondell Moore was hurt or whatever, and he would come in the slot and he would do his thing. But he reminds me kind of of, like, 2021 Hunter Renfro, where he was, like, an 18th-round pick for the Raiders that year, and then he ended up being really usable. It was, like, a 7th-round pick the following year. I don't know that Greg Dorch is going to be a 7th or 8th-round pick next year, but he is somebody I could see giving you some usable weeks, you know, high PPR floor. It really just comes down to what this wide receiver room looks like. I think Rondell Moore will probably get the nod in the slot, but... Four wide receiver sets. Greg Dortch can come out there and be the slot wide receiver. You know, he's behind Michael Wilson, who we don't really know if he's even good yet. He's, of course, behind Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore. But I think that he could maybe, you know, carve out a role and be a guy that contributes in fantasy. Like, again, 60% or more of the snaps, 14.5 points per game is good stuff. Like, he was good last year. He was interesting out of college. I think he went to, like, Wake Forest, and he's this dynamic guy who would, like, return kicks and return punts. So he's one of those slot profiles I like targeting. Again, don't go crazy about Greg Dortch. Like, do not go crazy about him, but he's a last-round pick um, that stood out when I was doing research uh, with this guy's tool. Now, the last player we'll talk about is James Conner. We talked about mostly wide receivers in this video, but I wanted to bring up one running back. Now, I will say running back's a little bit shakier, right, because it's so opportunity-driven, where if you're playing under 60% of the snaps, it doesn't necessarily signal like you're injured or anything like that. If you're a running back, it could just it could just in indicate that you're bad, right? So you could kind of skew things where a player could be uh, buried in the depth chart and then their starter goes down and then they become the guy. It's just like it's just a way of highlighting, okay, this guy was a handcuff and his number was called on for four weeks, right? So we don't really want those players in the pool, right? I think that's like why wide receiver really is the best position to use for this kind of exercise. But I do think James Conner uh, stuck out when we were doing the research for this video, because he was somebody else. I mean, James Conner stays getting bumps and bruises, uh, but we're talking about, like, uh, rib injury. Or, no, that was in the preseason. No, that was in the, the, the year before preseason. But we're talking ankle sprain, rib strain, and then a shin and knee sprain. So he just had also bumps and bruises. But when we look at what he did when he was on the field over 60% of the time, he was the, he was the RB8 right behind Joe Mixon, 18.1 points per game in those nine games. So... This was someone who played over 70% of the snaps in week one, sprains his ankle in week two, doesn't play over 70% of the snaps again until week nine. But from week nine on, he was the RB4 in points per game with 18.7. And in every game that he played last year with 60% or more of the snaps, he averaged 18.1 points per game. And you have to also remember, like, this, is, this was an offense for a lot of the time without Kyler Murray. Like, you guys might say, well, Kyler Murray has an ACL injury. This offense is going to be awful. Why would I want to take James Conner? Look at the splits, man. Like, Eight games with Kyler Murray, five games without him. He averaged five more fantasy points per game without Kyler Murray. He goes from, right, we look at 3.5 receptions and 12.6 rush attempts per game with Kyler. So that's like, what, like 15.6 touches per game. We go to without Ty uh, Kyler, 
five games out of that split, 3.6 receptions, but 16.4 rush attempts. Now we're talking about, like, what, almost, yeah, like, literally a hair over 20 touches per game, or, like, maybe right on the nose, 20 touches per game. So that's insane. He was absolutely fed. He was kind of like the focal point of the offense without Kyler Murray. I imagine it's kind of the same thing. Uh, I'll be honest, like, it's not sexy to take James Conner in your drafts, but he's going in the eighth round right now. He's kind of like the perfect zero RB target where you can kind of arbitrage these uh, running backs propped up by volume, uh, like a Najee Harris early on. You can just draft James Conner later, which is what I would do. So he's someone to really think about because in games where he played last year, he was really good. What's up with this Cardinals offense? All he has behind him is Keontae Ingram, who I like, but that's, you know, a day three running back that they could cut. Like, they cut Eno Benjamin last year, and I thought that they kind of liked Eno Benjamin. So we don't really know what they're thinking. James Conner is their main guy for now. He's probably the focal point of the offense until the wheels fall off. Of course, he's probably going to get more bumps and bruises like last year, but when he plays, he is, like, when we're talking about, like, you know, in season, I'm making content, making weekly rankings. If James Conner is playing a majority of the snaps, he's someone that's probably going to flirt with being a top 12 running back in weekly rankings every week. So he's somebody that you can get, you know, eighth round when you can just, you know, maybe get like elite quarterback, elite tight end, like four wide receivers, and you can get your RB1 as James Conner. Uh, I think you're looking really good in that instance. Now, that's going to do it for us today. I just wanted to make a quick little video, just kind of brushing up on what we thought we knew about the 2022 fantasy football season. Again, one more time, shout out to this man on Twitter, Dan Hendry. Dan Hendry, at Hendry. Go give him a follow. Um, really, really cool tool. I don't know how these guys do it. I know that it's probably not all that hard to make like APIs and scrape things, but it's pretty difficult to me. So respect to those guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this video. I want to be back on here posting consistently this summer. So stay tuned, subscribe, leave a like, and I will see you guys in the next one. Stones, uh, like this froze, uh, ice cold